Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. Hey, well, a huge welcome to everybody who is joining us today. This is the last message that I'm going to share with you this side of New Year's. And I'm so excited that we are at the end of 2020. And I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I think for most of us, we are pretty excited to see this year over and done with. And I don't know about you, but I am really excited about looking into next year. I believe that God is going to just take us from a place of grace to grace. In fact, our theme for 2021 is grace upon grace. And we just understand that we need the grace of God as we go back to getting, you know, as close as we can to normal and what the new normal looks like. But as we transition forwards, we know that God's grace is going to meet us tomorrow. That gives us a whole heap of peace today. So I hope that you, like me, are excited about it. You know, I felt God speak to me about something very specific for next year. He said, next year as a church, and I mean this really specifically for Bright Church, He said, I'm just going to let you go. And what I mean by that is if you imagine like a bow and arrow and as it's been stretched back further and further and He just lets it go, I feel like next year is going to be a year of God's grace where we just continue to move forwards as a church. And I am unimaginably excited about that. I'm excited that we're going back to do live services. Don't forget that live services, they start in January. That's exciting because we start January next week, right? So, so, you know, I don't know if you guys have given any thought to what's happening next week. Uh, I don't know if you've given any thought to what's happening next month. Maybe some of you have been thinking about, hey, what's, what's going to happen next year? Like what happens next year? Let let me push it a little bit further. I wonder how many of you have thought about what's going to happen in the next decade. I wonder if you've given any thought to that. What will the next decade look like? What, where will things be by the time we get to 2030? Let me push you a little bit further than that again. Have you imagined and looked out and started to think, what will my life look like? Not just tomorrow, not just next week, not the next year or 10 years. What will my life look like? Now I'm going to ask you one more question. And I don't know if any of you have thought about this. But have you ever decided that you were going to look past the life that you're living right now and look on into eternity? Have you ever decided that you would look so far into the future that you wouldn't just consider what's happening next year, but you would consider what's happening in the light of eternity? And when I think about eternity, when I think about how long life really is, I just wonder if asking yourself a question like that changes what you do next week. I wonder if considering eternity and how long it is, if it would change the way that you live right now? Would even having that question in your mind begin to have an impact on your current values? Would it have an impact on your current behaviors? Would it have an impact on what you give your time to or maybe your energy to? I wonder if you considered 
life, death, and eternity and looked well into eternity and considered what you give your life to right now, would asking that question change your passions right now? Because I'm not so sure that it really does. Maybe for some people, certainly not for all people. See, here's the thing. If you are a Christian person, then you believe in life, death, and eternity. So every Christian person understands that there's life after death. And we understand that eternity is a long time. Come on, what do we mean by that? Well, in a billion, billion years, you'll still be there. It's a really, really long time. You don't die, you're there forever. And so I don't know about you, but I know that for most Christians, for every Christian, hopefully, they believe in eternity. But I absolutely understand this. And if I was going to be totally honest with you today, I've understood it to be true that even though all of us hopefully believe in eternity, it's not necessarily enough to impact our actions and our behaviors today. In fact, the, the truth is, is that most people, they're just thinking about tomorrow. They're thinking about next week. They're thinking about, you know, what, what, what's going to happen maybe a year from now, maybe a few years in advance. But I wonder how many people would have their lives dramatically impacted by the fact that eternity is coming. What if I told you today something that I think if you were to consider this next point, this could dramatically shift how you're thinking about 2021. If you hear what I'm saying today, I really believe that this thing, that this could change the way that you look at life altogether. And this could totally and radically transform your approach to life from this moment forward. What if I was to tell you today that eternal rewards come from temporal choices? What if I was to tell you that there was an eternal reward proportionate to your temporal investment. Would that change the way that you invest your time? Would that change the way that you invest your energy or your efforts? Would that change your passions if you were to consider? Because think about it. Come on now. Like eternity is a really long time. And we're here for a pretty short time on earth. You would think that if we understood just the simplicity of life, death, and eternity, that we would have a different kind of focus on the life and the choices that we're making right now. Well, I want to read a scripture to you. And this comes to us out of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, or chapter 5, verse 10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, when it talks about the body, it's talking about the church. Now, when I read that scripture to you, I think most people would hear the word judgment thing. Oh, no, we don't want anything to do with that. Like, it's almost like we've made judgment synonymous with something bad or something terrible or something that's happening. So judgment is almost just like this idea of uh, uh, we've got to the end and here are the results. The results are in. So let me explain it to you. If you are a Christian, you don't need to ever be worried about being judged on your sin. 
because you are saved by grace through faith in Christ. Now, all of your sin has been left at the cross. It's all been dealt with. So when the scriptures say that we get judged, you need to understand something very important, that you will not be judged on your sin, but you will absolutely be judged on your life. In other words, the decisions and the choices that you've made, God will look at how you've impacted the body. The, in other words, the church. He will Im look at how the impact that you've made on planet earth. And depending on the choices that you've made and how you lived your life and what you gave yourself to and the passions that came out of you, depending on those things, you will get a temporal or you get an eternal reward that is proportionate to your temporal choices. Man, it really starts to make you think. I remember when I was in high school, and to be honest, and I've said this many times, I just was not a studier. I didn't study. I didn't like studying. I could not believe that, you know, that's largely a big part of my life, like studying and reading. I don't even know if I read one book, a book in high school. That may not have happened, okay? And, and, and one of the things that I hated, I hated maths. I, anything that was learning, really, I just didn't, didn't like maths. And so I probably missed this really important thing that I needed to understand when I was in high school, which is that if you study first, you do better later on. You have more choices. You have more opportunities. If you don't study, you lose those choices. Now, I, I kind of missed part of this. Think about it with money. Let's do it with money for a second. If you save right now, you have more choices tomorrow. And hopefully if you save and are a great steward of your resources right now, you manage what you have right now really well, you're in a better position tomorrow. It just makes sense. So you make the right choice up front and better things happen later on. It's really scary if you decide to do that in the opposite way. Let me show you what I mean. I don't know if you got caught up last month in the Black Friday sales. I don't know about you, but I opened my email and all week for, as we were getting towards Black Friday, I had email after email and it was just sales and things. And it's like, you know, Mr. Google and Apple and Siri, they're all listening into my conversations. They knew everything that I wanted. And so, you know, here I am getting emails and emails with all this stuff that I thought might be cool to have. And I was looking at it all. And, and sometimes, you know, you start to look at those emails and you think, wow, what's the cost if I don't have this in my life? Could, would it really be living if I didn't have this extra thing that I really wanted, you know? And so when what happens is people are tempted into spending money that they don't have to sometimes buy stuff that they don't really need and you can easily get yourself caught. Now this is the thing that you really want to be concerned about. If you ever get caught in a situation where they say you can take it now, enjoy it now, finance it and have it now, you will pay for it tomorrow. Now. What I just said to you is so, so unimaginably obvious. You would think like everybody knows that. We know how credit cards work. We know how financing things work. But how do you think these companies make money? How do you think they stay in business? Because people go, that is great. But then when they can't pay for it, then eventually it all catches up with them. And if they had just made the best choice now, 
They might have enjoyed tomorrow so much more, but people get caught all the time. And one of the things that I've understood in life is that people will live their lives the exact same way. Now, many of you are smart and you say, well, I'm too smart to get caught in that financing option. I understand that I need to, you know, buy it in cash or have the money first and all the rest of it. So you understand the magnitude of making the right decision in the time that you have so that you can start to enjoy tomorrow. I tell you, if you can understand that today when it comes to finance, I want you to start to think about the impact that this could have on your eternal life and your eternal dwelling place. You know, you, you've got to imagine all of this stuff in the light of eternity. You can do whatever you want right now. And no one's going to stop you. And no one can stop you. Make any choice. Make any decision that you want. But remember this, you have to live with those choices in the light of eternity. Now think about it for just a moment. Think about how long you live. And I, I hope that you all live a long and healthy and prosperous life. But if you get to 90, you're doing great. You've, you've exceeded the average, okay? So if you, if you get to 90, you've done well. Now, I want you to compare 90 years in the light of eternity. And remember, the eternal rewards come from temporal choices. And imagine if you did everything that you could to enjoy your life now in this minute moment, but eternally your rewards were diminished because you spent your life pursuing the pleasures of things right now. Honestly, I tell you, that's a bad deal. That's a, that's a bad choice. That's a bad decision to make. Now you got to understand this. The cross determines where you spend eternity. But how you live determines how you spend eternity. The cross will determine where. Your choices will determine how you spend eternity because eternal rewards come from your temporal choices. This just hopefully makes sense. I want to read to you a scripture comes to us out of Matthew 6.33. And this is something that Jesus was teaching. He was teaching a whole bunch of people that were listening. And if you understand this, and this is a very famous scripture, but I feel like Jesus in this moment just crystallizes the importance of what we give our time and our energy and our effort to. He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. In other words, the things that you need will be added unto you. Now, the things that we need, there's plenty of things that we need, all right? So, so hey, if you spend some money at the Black Friday sales, well, God bless you, good on you. Hope that you got a great TV. If it's large, invite me over. So anyway, I, I, none of those things, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're, they're fine things. But what was Jesus really saying? He says, those things are okay, but... But the first thing is the kingdom of God. That's the first thing. You can want a lot of stuff. You can go after a lot of stuff. Guess what, guys? No guilt or condemnation here. You can have a lot of stuff. But he says the first thing before anything else, 
before all the other choices, the first thing that you need to give consideration to, whether it's your time or your talent or your treasure, how you're making plans maybe for your year or next year, the first thing that you need to consider is the kingdom of God. That is the thing you need to think about. See, as Christian people, we have been blessed by having Jesus come and making to us absolutely crystallizing in this moment and making it clear to us what is our first value. Jesus in this scripture has made it abundantly clear. As Christian people, we know the first thing that we seek before we seek anything else, the thing that is primary, the thing that we focus on most is the kingdom of God. That's the thing that we look at. And all the other things, they're not bad, but they just come after that first thing. I don't know if you remember the time when you gave your life to Jesus. I remember when I, you know, rededicated my life to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but in that moment, man, it was exciting. And, and, and I was so thrilled at this life and this future that I had with Jesus. I don't know if you remember, just maybe take a moment and if you're a person that's a follower of Jesus, if you can, if it's possible, try to remember back to the moment when you gave your life to Him. And in that moment, you know, you're, you're excited because it was the start of something fresh, the start of something new. And I think what happens for a lot of Christian people is they get filled with dreams and they get filled with visions. And so they should because dreams and visions are the language of the Spirit of God. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, I hope that you have been filled with dreams and visions of the future. But one of the things that I've noticed is, is when you can get excited and you get passionate, you're so thrilled about this new life that you have in Him and maybe God's put a dream or a vision in your heart. But one of the things that I've discovered is that my timing and God's timing, they have very different timings. And so we get filled with dreams and visions, but the things that we're hoping for, sometimes they tarry. Now I've understood that the longer things, you know, the longer that you have to wait and the more things tarry, the more you can start to just, maybe just be a little bit disappointed. You start to entertain thoughts and ideas like maybe it's not really gonna happen. Maybe this, maybe this dream that I had or this thing, I thought it was from God, but I've been waiting for a while and I'm not so sure that it's gonna happen the way that I really wanted it to happen. Maybe it's never gonna happen at all. What happens is people's faith starts to go low. And what happens is people start to expect less from God while they're made to wait for His promises to come to fruition. And I've seen it begin to chip away and begin to deteriorate you know, people's faith in some way. And I want to tell you today that you cannot base your expectation on the future on everything that's happened in your past. You cannot live like that as a Christian person. You cannot wake up every day and think that all the best things have happened in your past. And I, I don't know how old you are and it doesn't really even matter to me because I think there's gotta be something inside of us that says God still has the power and the ability to see the most amazing things and put those things into my future. The truth is, if you were to live this way, where bit by bit, maybe your faith has been chipped away at until you come to a place where your expectation of God is incredibly low and you're not expecting much from God, you gotta be careful about that. Because the Bible says, if you approach God and you are pray, but you expect nothing from Him, you should not receive anything from Him. So there's an element of faith that we need in the expectations that we have. But here's my question to you. How do you even know when you're summited? 
Like, how do you know when you have peaked? How do you know when you got to the absolute upper echelons of everything that God was going to give you in life? And from this point forwards, now everything was back downhill. And the truth is, you never know. You, you, you don't know when those things have happened. If you were to live like that, what does that mean? It doesn't even make sense. Practically, try to think about it as a Christian. You give your life to Jesus and then you think, well, the best is not yet to come because everything's downhill from here. I don't know when I'm going to peak or summit. I've been waiting for a while. I guess this is it. Listen, you can't do life like that. It's backwards. It's like trying to drive down the street in reverse and using your rear vision mirror to do it. It's the most backwards approach to faith, life and the future that you could possibly imagine. And I'm telling you this message today because as you start to prepare for 2021, I hope that you're expecting a lot more than you saw in 2020 because you can't look back on this year and say, hey, I'm just going to base everything that's happening next year on everything that happened this year because then the moment that you do that, what you're simply doing is stepping away, taking a faith position away from expecting good things in your future. And that just simply doesn't make sense. Now, I tell you this because the honest truth is, one of the saddest things that I've ever seen, and I have seen this on occasion, and I, I would hope to not see it again, but I believe that I will, is when you see a Christian person whose faith has been chipped away and they become a little bit maybe disillusioned and maybe a little bit demoralized and then they stop believing for things in their future. I, I think the saddest thing I've, I, I see as a Christian pastor is when you meet someone and they've just, They've just lost their passion. They don't have that fire anymore. It's all in the past. All the best days have happened. Now they're just looking to stretch out their time and enjoy things, enjoy this day, maybe just enjoy this moment without any expectation of God in the future. You know what I've discovered? Whenever I meet a person who's struggling in that area, they've just lost their passion it's never happened in a moment. No one, no one loses their faith or their passion in a moment. It happens in increments. It happens over time. And it's just little by little by little till they come to the place where they just don't expect anymore. I don't know how things have been going in your life this year. But our prayer for you is that your faith hasn't been chipped away little by little by little to the place where you now have lost all of your passion. For maybe it's God, maybe it's the church, maybe it's a dream or a vision that God put in your heart. I tell you, if you want to enjoy next year, you've got to start to allow God to speak to you again. Open up your heart and, and, and maybe risk that those things are not going to, still, they're still not going to happen in the timing that you want, but it doesn't mean that God's not going to move in your life. You know, years ago, I had a, an American friend and I met up with this person and I remember saying to them, how are you going? Now, that's a very Australian thing to say. I didn't realize contextually that that is something that Australian people say. So I said, hey, how are you going? And they looked at me and they were like, what do you mean? We were walking somewhere at the time when I asked the question, and they actually looked at me and they said, I'm going by foot. I said, what do you mean? 
They said, what are you asking? I said, I said, how are you going? They said, I'm going by foot. Like, this is like a transportation question, right? Like, how are you going? We are going somewhere. How are you going? I'm going by foot or I'm going by car or I'm going by train or I'm going by plane. You ask me how I'm going. It should be obvious to you. We're walking somewhere. I'm going by foot. And I, and I realized something in this moment. It does... It is a strange way to say, how are you? Because when an Australian person says, how you're going, what we're really asking is, how are you? And I saw my, my friend's you know, response to it. They just thought that it was a technical question about how they're traveling or the mode of transportation. And I thought it was kind of funny, but in some ways it is kind of profound because one of the things that I've discovered in life is that how you're going is often where you're going. How you're going has a lot to do with where you're going. Let me explain it to you like this. If you are tired, say, how are you going? You're tired. Where do you go? Well, you go to bed or maybe you go get a coffee. But depending on how you're going, it has a lot to do with where you go next. Uh, think about it like this. If, if you are hungry, I say, how are you going? You, you're hungry. So where do you go? Well, you go to the cupboard or you go out for dinner. So how you're going has a lot to do with where you're going. And I don't know if this is making sense to you yet, but how you feel has a lot to do with where you go. Your feelings will impact the direction of your life. How you're going has a lot to do with where you're going. And if you are a person who maybe is in a position right now where maybe you've lost faith or maybe the situation that you're in right now is you're struggling with sin or shame or guilt or, you know, depression or something like that. You've got to understand that how you feel has an impact on where you're going. And if you feel like that right now, you are not going well right now. And because you're not going well right now, I can almost predict that you will not go well into tomorrow. You direct, the direction that you're taking in life is not going to be a good one. It's not going to be a positive one. And I want to tell you, church, today, listen to this. This is very important. You must, no matter where you feel that you're at right now, you must continue where possible to keep this kingdom vision inside of your heart. You are building the kingdom of God. You are building something of significance. And I know that life is kind of like this sometimes. It goes up and down. But above all of that, you've got to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom over other priorities. You've got to keep the kingdom vision alive in your heart. Continue to build. Don't lose sight of this. Now, James, Jesus's brother, he understood this as he actually writes a letter to a bunch of guys. They're actually business guys who were making plans for tomorrow, next week, next month. They're making plans for next year. Listen to what James says. This is James 4, 13 to 16. He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, We'll go into such, such and such a town and spend the year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. He asked an important question. He says, what is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, 
if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. And then he says, all such boasting is evil. James is writing a letter to people who are making plans without kingdom consideration. And he's kind of mad about it. He says, you, you guys are just making plans. You're totally consumed by profit. What's that? It's a value that they have, something that they're pursuing in this world. And he says, you guys are unbelievable. Why don't you first ask the question, what does God want me to do with my life? And that is the first question. And then you fit all the other pieces around that one thing. Instead of saying, next year I'm going to do this and next year I'm going to do that. And yet next year I'm going to launch my career. And next year I'm going to you know, start a new business and I'm, I'm going to move to a new city and I'm, I'm going to make a trade and I'm going to make a profit and I'm going to pursue these things. And, and we're thinking about getting a dog and we're thinking about buying a new house and we're thinking about getting a new car and we're thinking about all of this. He says, you know what? You guys are absolutely consumed with all of this stuff. But the first question that you should have asked before you started to make plans for it, tomorrow, the next week, the next month and the next year, it should have been, what does God really want for my life? And if I can answer the question, what does God want for my life? Then I will fit my other desires. They're not wrong. They're not bad. They're just a second priority. He says, you should have fit all the other stuff around the stuff that God wants you to do first. He says, think about it. Come on now. He says, your life is like a mist. It's a vapor. It's here and then it vanishes. What's James saying? He's saying, you've got to consider something. That your life is like this. If you live 90 years, you're doing so great. If you live 90 years, you're doing better than the average person on planet Earth by a long shot. And he says, even, even this mist, this vapor, even if it were 90 years, you've got to understand the impact that you have on eternity. Not to mention the impact that you have on people that are on planet Earth while you spend your time here. You should give good consideration to eternity and all the things that you're doing right now because you've got to understand something. The eternal rewards come from temporal choices. They come from your temporal investments. And if you invest rightly here, and this time, this mist, this vapor that we call life, then you'll enjoy rewards in eternity. But if you, if you make the wrong decision and you spend all of this time pursuing profit, pursuing all the stuff that, yeah, it's great while you're here, don't you understand that you get zero reward for doing that in eternity? James says, you gotta give some consideration to this. This is so important. And here's what you need to know, that our days are stacking. My day, your day, our days are stacking. And the truth is, we don't even know when the mist will vanish. We don't know when the vapor is gone. We don't know when our days come to an end. Our days are stacking. And that's important because how those days stack tell a story about your life. They tell a story about your passions. They tell a story about your priorities. They tell a story about how committed you really were to the kingdom of God while you were here on planet earth. Listen to this quote by Richard Baxter. He's a preacher and a theologian in the 1600s. He said, the face of death and the nearness of eternity did much to convince me what books to read, what studies to prefer and prosecute, 
and what company and conversation to choose. It drove me into the vineyard of the Lord and taught me to preach as a dying man to dying men. You need to be a kingdom orientated person. You need to be a kingdom orientated person because it makes a difference in the light of eternity. It makes an eternal difference. And it doesn't just impact your life in eternity, but it impacts the lives of other people in eternity. And so we're all making plans and I'm, hey, I'm looking forward to holidays next year. I'll be taking them, I'm telling you right now. So, so, so we're gonna take holidays, we're gonna have fun and we're gonna meet up with family. We're gonna make choices and decisions and we're gonna do so much next year. Next year is gonna be an unbelievable year. I'm excited about it. I pray that we go from grace to grace to grace to grace, that we see grace upon grace upon grace. You know, I'm hoping for all this stuff too, but let me tell you something that before you and I make any decisions for our lives, the first question we ask is, God, what do you want me to do? I'm gonna seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And I believe that all the things that I need, those things will be added to me, but I know where my focus goes. I know where my energy goes. I'd encourage you, hey, know where your focus is going. Make your time on earth count. And you say, okay, well, that's great, Ben, but, but how do I do that? Like, like I gotta listen to God and hear from God. Some of you might even have trouble listening to the voice of God or getting direction from God. How am I gonna do that? Well, I'm so glad you asked the question. I'm gonna give you four things that you can do right now that will help you to hear the voice of God so you can get some kingdom direction and start making better choices as you plan your year next year. The first thing that you need to do is you need to be grounded in the Word of God. Absolutely grounded in the Word of God. This, this book is the most important and significant book that you will ever read in your life. It is the revelation of who God is, what God does. And I've noticed that the more you start to get this stuff in your heart, the more that this starts to get inside of your mind. And I don't know if you like to do memory verses and remember scriptures, and I don't know how much you read this, but the more you start to do that, the more you start to hear the voice of God. The more you start to get direction and life, the more you start to develop convictions about what's right, about what's wrong, about what you should do, about what you shouldn't do, about whether your passions are being spent in the right area, whether you're giving yourself to something meaningful and significant. I, I don't know how you do your quiet time. Let me tell you, you making plans for 2021, let it be this. You're gonna spend so much time with Jesus starting today, next week, next year, I know some of you will be making plans, you know, New Year's resolutions. Let this be your New Year's resolution. I'm gonna spend more time with God next year than I've ever spent with Him in my whole life. I, one of the things that I do is I've got this app, it's called Dwell. And I promise you this message has not been brought to you by Dwell. I am not sponsored by them. They have not paid me any money to say this. I hope that they do. If they see this, please, um, we'll send you our details. But, but I will tell you, that this app called Dwell has, has been absolutely remarkable. They, they read the Scriptures to you. You can listen to it in, you know, with music in the background. Just do yourself a favour and look it up and it's going to cost you some money. 
okay? So you can download the trial version, but it's gonna cost you some money. How about this? Why don't you invest spiritually into yourself next year and start to get more of the Word in your life and start to see how it transforms what you do with your life, how you hear the voice of God. This is unimaginably important. And let me tell you something right now. We are living in a day and an age where people do not carry convictions in their heart about this being the revelation of who God is. As I look around at the world today, one of the things that I notice and I see is that I'm looking at a generation of people who were forced to go to church when they were young. Their parents told them that they had to go. They carried no conviction over the Word of God. They are completely biblically illiterate. They do not understand what the Scriptures teach. They don't understand grace, the Gospel or the message of God. They don't understand how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And because they don't carry any of those things, they are making decisions in positions of power today and it's affecting all of our lives. And I wonder, could we change that? We, if we had a generation of people that didn't see what was in this book as abstract, but as absolute truth, as something that was real, that transforms the way that they think, that transforms the way that they live their lives. We need a generation of young people that carry a conviction over the Word of God and align their lives with kingdom priorities. You wanna get that? You want your kids to get that? Spend time in the Word of God. It is a foundational truth that you need. Number two, you have to live with an eternal perspective. You've got to remember that the life that we're living right now, our time is short. We are a mist, we are a vapour. We don't know how much time we've got, which is all the more reason to spend all the time that we've got seeking first the Kingdom of God letting the other stuff fall into place. Absolutely pursue it. But what's first? My foundation is the Word of God. My foundation is I live with an eternal perspective. I'm gonna remember that what feels like maybe sacrifice right now will have me enjoy rewards eternally because there is an eternal reward proportionate to the investment that you make in this life. So when you're making plans, try to look past next week. Try to look past next year. Try to look past the next decade. Try to look past the end of your life and on into eternity and say, hey, I'm gonna make a decision that'll see me enjoy eternal rewards. Because if you start to look at life like that, you start to think like that, what feels like sacrifice right now, I'll tell you, it gets turned on its head. You start to see things differently. You'll be so excited that you sacrifice, that you seek the Kingdom, that you go after God. Man, come on. Number one, Word of God. Get it as a foundation in your life. Number two, live with an eternal perspective. Number three, you've got to be connected to other Christians. Now I'm going to say something and maybe you disagree. It's cool, I can deal with it. But God never intended Christians to live isolated lives. I don't know what's happened to you this year. Gosh, I mean, wow, we were forced. We were forced to live in isolation. But we could still do church online. We could still connect with small groups via Zoom. See, isolation is a choice. You gotta make the right choice for your future. Don't, don't get disconnected. I know, I know this year that church has been on demand. You could watch it at the service time, or guess what? You could, 
You can make any choice that you want. You could watch it whenever you want, separate to everyone else and just treat it as something that you're watching in isolation. Be careful now, be careful. Be careful now that you don't start to enjoy this life of isolation. Be careful that you don't get too accustomed <laughs> to doing church in your PJs with your coffee and you're totally relaxed and forget, hey, church is coming back. We're doing this together. Come on, Ecclesia, let's get our acts together. You know, next year, we're gonna have host teams that need filling. We're gonna need all kinds of things that need doing around here. We're gonna need kids teams that need to be filled. Hey, creative people, can you play a guitar? Well, we're interested in you. Come on, uh, we're interested in anyone. You got a pulse? Hey, we'll talk to you because you know what? The kingdom of God needs everyone to give their time, their talent, their skills, their treasure to Him and say, hey God, you know what? You just have it all. You just have it all. I'll give you whatever you want. You have what you want first. I'll have everything else second because I'm a person that seeks first the kingdom of God. And all the other stuff is gonna get added to me. So come on now, don't, don't get isolated next year. You're starting to make plans, come on. Let's do life together. That's number three. Number four, this is the last one. You must be spiritually connected to God because you could do the first three things you could just do it out of rigid discipline. And you know, there's value in doing that. But I'm telling you if, you, if you don't have a connection with God, well, number one, I tell you right now, your life can get better. Your life can get better right now. Things will, you know, you can connect with God. I tell you the presence of God, He wants to draw near to you. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear His voice. He wants you to respond to the things that He's saying. Don't just live a life that's, that's, that's dry and rigid and just reading word without any fluence, influence of the Spirit of God. If you don't have the Spirit of God in your life, you're gonna miss out on so much in life. I could tell you something. You know, when Jesus came and He spoke to His disciples, He said, before you go and do ministry, this is after His death, before His resurrection, He says, you need to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And when He comes, He will fill you with power. The word for power is dunamis, right? It's explosive power. It's stuff that we cannot produce on our own. And I tell you this right now, you could work so hard to try to do things next year on your own, but if you just did it with the Spirit of God and you had the grace of God all around you, what's what, what looks difficult, what seems impossible or impractical or implausible becomes completely expected because now you're doing it with the power and the presence of God. Same thing for the church. The Bible says, if you build the house without God, you labor in vain. We can't do this without God. We're not gonna do it without God. We need the presence and the power and the ministry of the Holy Spirit at work in our church. And we need it to flow through your hands. We need it to flow through your feet. Come on now, get your foundations right. And you start to get all of these things right. I tell you, it's gonna make a difference. Come on, you gotta remember that your eternal reward is proportionate to your temporal investment. Now, does that change the way that you will invest next year? Does that change your plans? Does that change your passions? Does that change your desires? Does that change how you were thinking about what you were gonna do with your life? So if you start to make plans for 2021, as you start to think, you start to dream, you start to imagine what the future might actually look like, please understand this principle about eternal rewards and temporal investment. Please understand this because if you get this, it will make a difference to you in eternity. And I promise you this, 
It'll impact lives all around you and make a difference in their lives and in their eternal dwelling place as well. So here's what I wanna do. I just wanna pray for people like you're listening to this message today and maybe you just need to be filled with some fresh vision for 2021. Well, hey, I wanna pray for you because we're on your side. We're in your corner. We're praying you get filled with passion, excitement, dreams, vision. Don't let what happened this year dictate to you what you expect next year. Come on now. Let's have the kind of faith that expects more and believes that the best days of your lives and Bright Church is all ahead of us. What we are going to do is we are going to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and then all the other things, they can begin to fall into place. So let me pray for you right now. If you hear in this word, you say, I need some vision for my life next year. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, I pray pray for every single person that needs vision. Quite simply, God, we pray this. I ask that You fill them afresh today, that the presence of Your Spirit come upon them. Let them get the foundations of their life right. I pray, God, that You open ears that have been deaf, that You open eyes that can't spiritually see. And I pray, God, that You move fresh in their life, that You make Your kingdom priorities so clear to them. And God, as You do that, They'll be able to look into next year and run towards the future with dedication, with determination, with laser-like focus so that they can build the right things, build the things that you want them to build in their lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.